Hello and welcome to the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Please remember that we have other resources and information, including our Spanish ministry at our website at thelatterrain.org. If you wish to hear other English audio messages, they are available for free either at our website or as podcast or iTunes. Just look for us in the Apple iTunes Store under Podcasts as the Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. There are so many things out there calling to our attention. We are surrounded by unsolicited advice everywhere. Sometimes answers to questions may be difficult to find. What are we supposed to do? Who should we be listening to when we even have so-called professionals making mistakes? In today's sharing, we'll see that we only should have one source for our direction, someone that knows everything and only has good intentions for us. Not everyone that tells you what you should do knows, in fact, all of the impacts to certain decisions and may not even have the best intentions either. When making decisions, if we want the greatest benefit, even though it may not seem to make much sense at the moment, we should look to the Lord. Please stay with us for a few minutes as we look together in God's Word. Let's take a moment to go to the Lord in prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, hallowed and glorified, exalted be your name, O Lord, for you are worthy to be exalted and praised. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O Lord, I give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, for his sacrifice, for the love that you showed through him. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O Lord, as always, that you please forgive my sins. Heavenly Father, please always remember me in your mercy and in your grace. I pray, O Lord, Heavenly Father, now in the name of Jesus, that you may give me of your anointing, and Heavenly Father, that you may speak through me, that it may be your words and not mine, and everything for the honor and glory of your name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We're going to be reading today from Acts chapter 27. This is the word of the Lord. And when it was decided that we should sail to Italy... They delivered Paul and some other prisoners to one named Julius, a centurion of the Augustan regiment. So entering a ship of Adramidium, we put to sea, meaning to sail along the coast of Asia. Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica, was with us, and the next day we landed at Sidon. And Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him liberty to go to his friends and receive care. When we put to sea from there, we sailed under the shelter of Cyprus, because the winds were contrary. And when we had sailed over the sea, which is off Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, a city of Lycia. There the centurion found an Alexandrian ship sailing to Italy, and he put us on board. When we had sailed slowly many days and arrived with difficulty off Cnidius, the wind not permitting us to proceed, we sailed under the shelter of Crete off Salmon. Passing it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fairhavens, near the city of Lycia. Now when much time had been spent, and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. Nevertheless, Centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. And because the harbor was not suitable to winter in, the majority advised to set sail from there also, if by any means they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete opening toward the southwest and northwest, and winter there. When the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire, 
putting out to sea, they sailed close to Crete. But not long after, a tempestuous headwind arose called Euryclidon. So when the ship was caught and could not head into the wind, we let her drive, and running under the shelter of an island called Clauda, we secured the skiff with difficulty. When they had taken it on board, they used cables to undergird the ship, and fearing lest they should run aground on the Surtis sands, they struck sail, and so were driven. And because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed, the next day they lightened the ship. On the third day we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. Now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. But after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me, and not have sailed from Crete, and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of, the, of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore take heart, men, for I believe, God, that it will be just as it was told me. However, we must run aground on a certain island. Now when the fourteenth night came, as we were driven up and down in the Adriatic Sea, about midnight the sailors sensed that they were drawing near some land, and they took soundings and found it to be twenty fathoms. And when they had gone a little farther, they took soundings again and found it to be fifteen fathoms. Then, fearing lest we should run aground on the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship, when they let down the skiff into the sea, under pretense of putting out anchors from the prow, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, Unless these men stay in the ship, we cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the skiff and let it fall off. And as day was about to dawn, Paul implored them all to take food, saying, Today is the fourteenth day you have waited and continued without food and eaten nothing. Therefore I urge you to take nourishment, for this is for your survival, since not a hair will fall from the head of any of you. And when he had said these things, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Then they were all encouraged and also took food themselves. And in all, we were two hundred and seventy-six persons on the ship. So when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and threw out the wheat into the sea. When it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they observed a bay with a beach onto which they planned to run the ship if possible. And they let go to the anchors and let them in the sea, meanwhile loosing the rudder ropes, and they hoisted the mainsail to the wind and made for shore. But striking a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and the pro stuck fast and remained immovable but the stern was being broken up by the violence of the waves. And the soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim away and escape. But the centurion, wanting to save Paul, kept them from their purpose, and commanded that those who could swim should jump aboard first and get to land, and the rest, some on boards and some on parts of the ship. And so it was that they all escaped safely to land. Today's message is a very simple one, but it deals with something that should be fundamental to every believer in Jesus Christ. And it has to do with who we are listening to. Who do we take direction from? In today's passage, we read of one of Paul's voyages, a, a trip that could have less issues if people would have listened to him. 
We read that the centurion trusted more the experience and knowledge of those that supposedly sailed for a living rather than Paul, and it nearly cost everyone their lives, including his own. And the only reason why they lived through the experience was because God had a purpose for Paul and the Lord granted Paul the safety of the people on the ship. Otherwise, if Paul would have not have been on board and he would have not reached out to the Lord interceding for those with him, everyone would have perished. And so we need to ask ourselves, who do we listen to? And if we're logical people, we should probably lean towards those or rather to him that knows everything. But do we effectively do that? Do we listen to the Lord? Do we look for his guidance? And here is where we need to objectively look into our lives and we need to be truthful with ourselves. The first thing we need to ask ourselves is, where is my trust? That will be telling of where you go for your direction. There are some people that may say that they go to the Lord, but probably for a few things. Now, why does that happen? And there could be a multitude of reasons. Many people feel, for instance, that they can handle certain things and they feel that they know what they're doing. Some may feel that they can trust supposed professional advice from people that have some level of experience or knowledge. Others may think that they only need some help from the Lord when they think they cannot deal with certain circumstances. And of course, there are those that just want to do what they want. And that's why they don't go to the Lord for direction on some, if not most things. I would have to say there's a problem with all of the above. We should not go to the Lord for only a few things, and we need to look at things very practically. We should ask ourselves this question. Do I want for God to help me and bless me in every area of my life, or only in a few areas? There is another problem with not taking our direction from the Lord, and that is that when we don't put our trust in God, then we're ultimately putting our trust in the flesh. And the flesh includes us when we trust in ourselves. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5 to 8, tells us clearly what happens when we trust in man versus when we trust in the Lord, where it says, Thus says the Lord, Curses the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord, for he shall be like a shrub in the desert, and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. When we trust in man, and that includes ourselves, we are inviting curse into our lives. And that's a problem. Why does that happen? The first thing is that following the Lord is a very precise thing from the simple standpoint that if you're willing to follow and trust him or not, it doesn't imply perfection, but rather if it is the desire you have within you, God will help you if you at least desire and put forth effort in trying to trust him and follow him. The fundamental thing to keep in mind is that the Lord is the only one that can lead you to life and to blessing. Other people cannot. The world will certainly not lead you to good things, and we cannot do what is right on our own through our own opinions and thoughts. That's why we need to be careful and precise. The Bible also teaches us this concept in Galatians chapter 6, verse 8, that coincides with trusting in the flesh, where it says, For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. The flesh will never get you anywhere good. 
It may all seem fine and good now or at first, but direction based on the flesh will only lead you to corruption. Why is that? The practical view is that when we are thinking with the flesh, we are using something that is only focused on the here and now, and that is why it is corruption. All the answers you get are short-sighted. There is no eternal view involved. That's why we cannot take lead from the flesh. Everything that we see here and now will one day go away. Nothing of the material world will be left. This world is temporary. Our physical lives are temporary. We have to understand that we as Christians are in transit, if you will, on our way to greater and more lasting things. But if we focus only on the here and now, then the only benefit we will receive is in fact here and now. And we will be drawing away from the perfect and everlasting. And so if we want to be blessed in every area of our life, not only in the here and now, but more importantly, in the eternal future, the logic would dictate that we should take our lead from God who is eternal, who has been there, is there, and will always be forever and ever. And so our trust should only be on the Lord for everything in our life. And we should take our direction from Him if we want eternal reward and eternal blessing. And so how do we get to a place where we can effectively take our lead from the Lord? We have to develop an intimate relationship with Him. And that can only happen by spending time in His Word, by getting more and more familiar to His voice through the wisdom and knowledge of the Scriptures and ultimately applying what He tells us to do. Psalm chapter 1 says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. See how it all ties together? The Word will always work together in support of itself. The Word of God is the only way that our faith grows because we ultimately need faith so we can effectively put our trust in the Lord. The Word teaches us who God is and what He is capable of and that is how faith grows. That is how we ultimately get through our trust issue because not putting God into every aspect of our lives and submitting completing to His Lordship is a trust issue because we naturally fear things that are still unknown to us. That's why most people feel more compelled to trust in what they see than in the invisible God. But those things we do not see are far greater and more lasting than anything we could see and experience in this world. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. We will be able to listen to God when we grow accustomed to hearing and taking our direction from His Word. That is how we start filtering out all of the other noise, if you will. If the centurion would have had a relationship with the Lord and would have heard Paul, he would have coincided with Paul and taken his advice because they would have been on the same frequency, the same wavelength, if you will. We all become sensitive to the Lord when we draw closer to Him and when we get used to hearing Him through His Word. Now you may ask, if I take direction from God for everything, 
does that mean that everything in my life here will be fine? And the answer is yes and no. Following the Lord does not mean that life here will be perfect on earth from a human and carnal perspective. Actually, the truth is, is that life may get more challenging because we're living in a fallen world ruled by sin. This world is at odds with God because it is under Satan's influence. That's the truth. However, and although life may not be perfect here, this is what we need to keep in mind, that God will lead us to do things that can benefit us here, but more importantly, in the long run. All of this purpose for us will always be focused on the greater benefit, on what is good for our soul, for our spirit. And not only that, but he also wraps up with that good, with benefiting those around us as well. God is always watching out for everyone's best interest. And the best interest for everyone is the salvation of their soul. And that is just the beginning. And it's just the beginning because God doesn't just want you and others to just make it into heaven. He wants for there to be eternal blessings, rewards, earnings, if you will. He has awesome and incredible plans for those that love him that are not only even capable of dreaming of. Getting to heaven is just the tip of the iceberg. If we follow along Paul's experience in today's passage, God wanted to use Paul in Rome, but also along the way. The Lord wraps all kinds of things together as we follow his will. He is truly masterful in everything he does. The Lord wanted to touch the centurion's life, the prisoner's lives, and everyone along Paul's way so that they can in turn find salvation through Jesus Christ and they in turn could find their purpose and follow that course. Everything in our lives, especially when we are following Christ, has a purpose and a reason. Nothing is just because there are no accidents. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says this, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. That is why we need to be led by the Lord, why we need to take our direction from the Lord in everything in our lives so that his purpose can be fulfilled in our lives. When we take our direction from the flesh, we depart from God's perfect will, and that brings about negative consequences. That's why it is imperative to try to get close to the Lord as possible. If we treat God and his will like a menu, our lives will look like that as well. That some things may be okay and others completely off the mark and out of control. As we mentioned before, things on the surface or here and now may look okay, like everything's going fine. But the consequences are coming, guaranteed. That is what makes it so bad. It's hard to visualize the outcome as you are going through things. You many times will only start experiencing the negative side of sin as you become very well involved with it when it is too late to do anything else. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12 to 13 tells us something very powerful where it says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Even in laughter the heart may sorrow and the end of mirth may be grief. You really don't know what is what until you get to the end of the road. And at that point, it may be too late to do anything else. That is the greatest risk of all. And that is why we need to be so careful. Because everything may seem well and fine at the beginning and for a period of time. But that does not mean that everything will be fine in the end. 
That is also why we cannot pick and choose what we want to follow or do out of the Bible because the wrong decisions that we will make also impact the other aspects of our lives. The Word of God explains that sin is like leaven in bread. Just a little bit goes a long way. Even when we try to follow and be faithful to the Lord, we will make mistakes. We will still sin because of our extreme imperfection, because sin is living within our members. But think, how much more will things go wrong if you willingly take God and His principles out of the equation in some areas, or even worse, in all of them? We need to be extremely careful with who we listen to. We need to consider the source of what we are following. We need to be careful with who or what we put our trust on. Listening to the wrong thing or the wrong person can affect our lives either temporarily or permanently. Do we give more credence to God and to His Word or do we trust more the things of this world, other people, or our own opinion? We need to think that there's quite frankly too much at risk because not only do our wrong decisions impact us, but they will also impact everyone else around us. The world and of course Satan, does not want you to take anything seriously. They would prefer to keep you ignorant and careless because that is a way they can take advantage of you and bring you about your fall. Why can I assert this? Because when you understand the nature of something, then you know what it is capable of. The world and everything in it is under Satan's dominion and influence. And Satan only wants your destruction because he is all and pure evil. He is incapable of anything that is truly good, and he disguises evil things with the appearance of good. He even disguises himself as an angel of light. He is the king of deceit. He will try to make everything he does sound right and enticing and good, but make no mistake, it is all bad. That is just who he is. God, on the other hand, God is all good. God is love. God is perfect. In the end, if you want true goodness in your life, true love, and the goal to perfection, my advice to you would be to look to the Lord for your direction and put away everything else, especially if you are looking for lasting and eternal blessings, starting with the eternal life that only God can grant you through Jesus Christ. I would encourage you to effectively make Jesus Christ the true Lord of your life today by putting your complete trust on Him and taking all direction from Him alone. No one loves you and wants better for you than the good Lord Himself. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, may you be exalted and praised above all things, for you are worthy. Thank you, O Lord, for your love and for your grace and for your instruction. Thank you, Heavenly Father, because you have nothing but good intentions for us. And you desire only what's best and only what's lasting and eternal. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that, that Lord God, we need to try to cling on to every truth that you have. To ultimately cling on to you as the Lord of our lives. That you need to tell us what we need to do. And that if we just simply obey, our lives will be that much more different and that down deep inside, everything will be fine. And that's where we truly need to experience your peace, 
your presence, your love. Down deep inside, Lord God, that every void that we may have within may be completely filled with your presence. And that way, no matter what our external circumstances are, we know that we know that we know that you are with us and that our souls, our spirit is safe in you and that we have nothing but good things to look forward to when we see you face to face. Help us, O oh Lord, to be able to look for your ways, to understand your ways, and to apply your ways to our lives. I pray for every person listening that they may understand the truth. And the truth is, is that you are a good and loving God and an extremely caring Father that only wants what's best for us. Help us, O oh Lord, to understand. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please feel free to join us again next time as we continue looking into God's Word together. If you'd like to write to us, you can do so through our website. Our web address again is thelatterrain.org. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.